there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! PFA Player of the Year Kyogo says he wants to score 100 goals at Celtic. He's hit the 50 mark already. With us tonight, a man who scored more than 100 goals for Celtic, John Hartson with John in a second or two, and a former Young Player of the Year at St Mirren. It's the Falkirk captain. Stephen McGinn is here and the lines are open now 0808 17 17 700 yep Rangers fans will come to it in a moment 3-0 at the weekend on Saturday but John what about Kyogo Celtic Player of the Year PFA Player of the Year 50 goals in the bag and he wants to be there to score 100 and I've no doubt in my mind Paul that he will go on and achieve that at some stage in the future of course is um, if he stays healthy and the club get him and it's probably taken another two, two, three seasons at this rate. Um, 30 last season, I think that puts him on 50-something. So he's not, he's not that far away. I think another season and a half, um, if he keeps going the way he is. And as I said, he stays uh, injury-free. There is no doubt he'll be the next one to do it. Is he the next best thing since Henrik Larsson? I'm not saying he's Henrik Larsson, but he has been compared as a, a really top striker in the same breath as you, Chris Sutton or well, whatever. He's top class. He's top Dembele. class. But let's not forget, you've had Hooper, you've had, yeah. you've had Dembele, you, you know, you've had other top strikers. To be at Celtic and to win medals and trophies and... Um, you've got to come back with goals, Paul. And there's, you know, there's an awful lot. You know, he's in good company when I talk about them other players. But uh, listen, Henrik was the greatest, yeah. greatest one of Celtic's greatest ever players. Um, but Kyogo is 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 on a trail to to scoring lots more goals for Celtic. I've no doubt about that. I cannot compare no. anybody with Larson. You know, the only person I can maybe put against him that I played with was Dennis Bergkamp yeah. uh, was on an, again was on another different level but in terms of Henrik Larsson everybody knows how, how, what I think of Henrik and how good he was Stephen great to see you it's awards season were you at the PFA dinner the other night did you go along no I didn't um, obviously my season had a premature end uh, at the weekend um, we had two players in the team of the year so congratulations to them and I voted for Callum Gallagher from Airdrie who, who won the award in their division so congratulations to all the award winners looked another great night um, on Kyogo I, I've been saying for weeks I thought it was Carter Vickers but when the players at Celtic vote for, for, for Kyogo you've got to say that it's pretty unanimous We'll come back to Carter Vickers in a moment or two What about Malik Tillman then he was photographed everywhere on the night the young player of the year but afterwards he's, he was asked and they say there's a 50-50 chance that he will sign for Rangers, there's a loan agreement, but it's up to Bayern and it's up to him. What do you think is going to happen, Stephen? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I think Rangers fans would be pleased to see him back in the country to, to collect his award and I'm sure the press were delighted to see him, to, to ask him the question. Um, he's saying it's a 50-50, so there must be there must be some juice in it. Um, obviously, got a lot of potential, um, had a good season in terms of being voted for by his fellow pros as a young player of the year. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Ross County's Chief Exec Stephen Ferguson has named the uh, CEO of the year. That's coming in as well. It really is awards season. Uh, what do you think, John, then? We need to obviously talk about... Malik Tillman, first of all, do you think it sounds as though he's going to be staying? You wonder if he's going to go back to Germany. Yeah, you do. I think everybody's in that situation, aren't they? We're, we're, we're all wondering. Um but I think it's a big statement if Rangers go and pay the money. I believe it's five million. That was a quote from um, Michael Beale uh, several months ago. That um, Bayern Munich would want would want for the player. He's a good young player. He's got an awful lot of potential. He's shown that potential at times uh, in the Rangers shirt. He's got great um, desire to get into the box. He's got a goal in him. Um, young at the right age and only got the potential to get better. Uh, so it would be a big statement to go and pay that money to give him the wages that he would be able to command and um, and to show that Rangers are serious in the transfer market in terms of trying to build the team and making them better for the challenge next season. John, what do you feel at the weekend? Rangers winning 3-0. Were you surprised? Uh, a little bit. I think all the Celtic supporters were. I think Celtic were a bit passive. Um, I, I think the the team has took a bit of criticism from from the manager. Um, I wasn't happy with the second goal. I, I just felt that um, John Suter's goal was um, nobody really showed a, a desire to go and compete, and that's unlike Celtic. They norm they normally defend set pieces very well. Carter Vickers in that position probably takes a bit more command of the back four and, and standards in terms of going and heading the ball out in dangerous areas. I thought the third goal is a mix-up between McGregor and um, and Starfelt. And then obviously the first goal, Cantwell's goal after nine minutes, you know, the, the first goal in these games, um, especially that cold run that it was on the weekend, you know, it was all Rangers fans. And um, they made it very difficult for Celtic, I have to say, but I thought, I thought Celtic were passive on the day, but... I think what you got to remember as well, uh, Paul, is that when Celtic took to the game at Ibrox on Saturday, the, the championship trophy was was sitting at Celtic Park. Does that make a difference, do you think? I think so. Yeah. I think they might well have took their eye off the ball slightly and thought, well, the job is done. All right. You know, the, the supporters might not see quite like that in terms of, you know, they always want to go up against their big rivals and perform. But perform they have, Paul, all season against other teams and, and Rangers. This is the sixth game and Rangers the first win against them. So all I'm saying is um, Rangers deserve to win the game on the day. But let's not forget that the job was done. Celtic won home and hosed in terms of the title. Um, and I just thought they might have took the ball. Uh, they might have took their eye off the ball on the, on the day in particular. Stephen, how good were Rangers? People like Cantwell did the talking on the pitch. Raskin, two new signings. Ryan Jack did well. What did you feel? Yeah, they were excellent. Um, thinking into the game, you're thinking Rangers have, have taken a lot of criticism. I think I, I think that's one thing. As much as you play down the, the what it means, uh, meaningless or not, um, Rangers fans since that night, great night they had in Eindhoven, have had a long uh, suffering season. If they've been let down a lot of times and. They looked like, I think John just spoke about that second goal, everything about that second goal was the game. Nothing was stopping John Suter from getting on the end of that ball. Um, and, it, and it's the way Rangers played. They got after Celtic. Um, they used the crowd in a brilliant way. I think um, the first 10 minutes was the way they started their European games last campaign, where, where it looked like Celtic just couldn't get out their half. And 
and as I said it's been a long suffering season so um, they looked like they enjoyed their day and um, it was well deserved and, and also uh, every one of those players is contracted for next season which is a lot to be positive about there's a few players in that team that did well that have been written off we've written them off guys like Matondo uh, Ridvan uh, at left back I thought he did very well against Celtic so he kept a player I mean we, sp- we spoke about uh, Leela Bad in those games Ridvan totally snuffed him out so a lot of positives for Rangers on the day Stephen's right I just think that uh, Rangers deserve to win I don't, I don't think there's anybody had uh, any complaints about that Paul you can talk about ifs buts and maybes but Rangers went about it the right way um, you know Cantwell put them in front there's been a lot of talk about Cantwell can he do it at this level he showed that he played very well at the weekend got himself a goal he enjoyed it didn't he you yeah he see looked as if he did yeah. enjoy it and as I said the second goal was um, Celtic just just weren't didn't quite show the desire to go and get the ball out of the box and go and win a header um, you know you could talk, talk about players positions go you know in terms of starting positions when the when the corner's coming in um, Suter you know he wanted to make it his he, he showed that little bit more want and desire to put his head on the ball he plants a good header in and at 2-0 down you know you've yeah. got a little bit of hope that Celtic might just get better in the second half Did you think he might have switched up a bit to bring on for example Taylor or obviously Kyogo up front yeah, I was I was I was a little bit surprised Kyogre didn't start. So I've mm. got to be honest with you. If, if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm going to say yeah. that, you know, I think Kyogo would have been bursting at the seams. That there was there was not another game uh, now for for several days. Um, so it wasn't a case really of resting him because sure. I thought he's fit. He's thirty goals. He, he's he's chomping at the bit to go and mm. play in these games. But listen, Hawes a player that I like. Um, he missed a chance. He hit the post. If he scores, he's a hero. That's how yeah. close it comes. You know, fine margins in games, Paul. But take nothing away from Rangers. They deserve to win the game. They went at it in the right fashion from very, very early on. And um, and, and and Celtic were a little bit taken aback in terms of, you know, the the way that Rangers scored, the the atmosphere. Um, and Callum McGregor said it weren't good enough. I didn't, didn't think that um, that that Celtic performed didn't turn up. And, and Rangers took advantage with a great win. All right. If you want to speak to John Hartson about Celtic, it's not a re- it's a refresh over the summer, isn't it? Always was going to be. We'll ask John. What do you think? Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. And for Stephen, obviously about Celtic and about everything else. And also Rangers. Now, is the rebuild as big as we thought it was five days ago? Or up against a Celtic team who'd won you know, everything in the league? Uh, and the League Cup they've got the Cup final ahead Celtic fans and Rangers fans what are you thinking Rangers fans certainly get a spring in their step John you look as though you've been out you golfing today golf with John Fallon today uh, Paul out did, uh, Westland. Yeah. and John's a member out there okay. along as myself and he texted me a few days ago I only yeah. played nine holes because okay. um, you were coming here we yeah. didn't tee off till half twelve yeah. so I thought two hours did you play well yeah. I hit the ball well today. Yeah, right. I struck it well. Um, John's great company. Yeah. We, we took a buggy out the two of us. Lantyre's finest as he was. No, yeah. he's great. He's yeah. he's good company, and he's, you know he, he goes on about Jock Steen and the old days. He's, he's a great storyteller. So, no, I enjoyed it. Nice couple of hours with uh, yeah. with Big John today. And St- Stephen Howe and them again. John looking at European football. It's looking good. Yeah, brilliant win. Uh, obviously, personally, it was a bad day for for myself sure. and my Falkirk team. But you get in and. An amazing victory against Tottenham. Another really well-deserved one. They looked, um, they looked as if they played really well. Uh, Mum and Dad were at the game and said John was excellent again. So delighted for him and uh, 
another big win for Paul and Motherwell. They're absolutely flying. What a job Stuart Kettlewell's done, honestly. What a job. It is phenomenal, isn't it? I mean, they've missed out in the top six, but my goodness, they wouldn't be a miss in that top six. You know, they have been playing so well. The table, as you all know, Celtic the champions, 95 points after 35 games. Rangers on 85. Who's going to come third? It's looking like the Dons, isn't it? On 54 points. Hearts on 49, and of course they meet this weekend. Hibs on 48, St Mirren on 45. That would have been 47. Stephen, as you know, your old club, the last kick of the ball, a penalty against them. And then Motherwell, as you mentioned, on 43. Livingston, what's going wrong there on 42 points? St Johnson dragged back into it on 36. Kilmarnock, great win for them at the weekend, 34 yeah. points. Ross County, amazing, against Dundee United on 33 and United on 31 points. I think Stephen said there about uh, Stuart Kettlewell. Yep. Um, it's, it's not just a job that Stuart's done and, and his staff has done. It's the chief executive and it's the board and, and the hierarchy for giving him the job, yeah. trusting in him, uh, one one of so, somebody that was in there already doing a bit of coaching. Um, and it's full credit to them because sometimes they, they you know, they get, they get, um, they don't want to appoint from within. Uh, they get an experienced guy in when, and experience sometimes is, yep. is not everything. So credit to them for giving Stuart Kettlewell the job, being brave enough to do it. And and Stuart's done brilliantly. And it's one of those that has worked out for both for both Stuart and the board. It's a great decision for them mm -hmm. to give him the job. Well said, Jim McMahon, the chairman and great the board of directors. Say, yep. yeah. Other headlines at the weekend, Aki's fight back 5-2 against Alloa. Didn't see that coming. And I'm afraid, as uh, Stephen mentioned early, Falkirk nil. Airdrie one seven two. Um, I saw you didn't come on till later in the game, so but that was the case at the weekend. And Dumbarton, obviously, were going out against Annan. Uh, Aki's got themselves back into it though, big time, didn't they? We'll talk about that during the program. Back to the big two, then we know the scoreline 3 0 on Saturday at lunchtime. Michael Beale afterwards. I thought the crowd pushed for it, I thought the crowd were outstanding at the start of the game, and uh, that gave the team extra energy. In on top of the motivation that we gave each other, I thought we started the game really well, and we, we took a chance, a very similar chance to two we've missed in two big games against Celtic this year. So we got off to a good start. I thought the first 15 minutes both teams went hell for leather and that's what this fixture is known for. I thought the big moments today went for us and in the other games this season they've gone for Celtic. We've made mistakes and they've punished us. We've had chances and missed them so they had a chance and, and obviously hit the post and they made a mistake today and we punished them for the, the third goal but I thought it was a good game and I thought my players gave uh, gave a, a real good performance today. Stephen, that can happen, can't it? Big moments that went for Rangers. Did they seem hungrier on the day? Yeah, I mean, I spoke when you asked me my prediction yeah. last week and I felt all week that I thought Rangers needed it more, they'd want it more. And that's not a reflection on Celtic. I mean, it's really hard to criticise a team in the way they've won the league and, and going for a treble. I've won two leagues and I don't think I've won a game after I've won a league. I think it's very hard to, once you finish the race, to, to complete the sprint. Um, yeah. and, and it looked like that, I mean, but... What I would say is a lot of positives to take for, for Rangers. I mean, we've heard a lot about Nicholas Raskin. Um, and in a couple of the TV games, I've, I've not really been sure. of the, the one up at Pataudry, um the game at Hamden, I wasn't sure, but I thought he was excellent on Saturday. Real good signs have been a a, a right good Rangers player. Um, the the centre-half centre uh, partnership with Suter mm -hmm. and Goldson um, looked really strong and it's taken a lot of criticism in that position this year. And if they can keep John Suter fit, it looks like the making's a really good partnership. So, a lot of positives. And, and as I said, I've been there as a Celtic player. You go out with the right intention, uh, not as a Celtic, but as a league winner. You yeah. go out with the right intentions. You want to finish this, you, you want to go out as a champion and look how good we are. But 
the wee edges gone and so I'm loath to criticise him because I've been there as I said hardly won a game Here's a bit more from Michael Beale about the back four Yeah because the new back four just come in together obviously Robbie in goal that's the second clean sheet for him uh, the second time in this fixture so that, that's fantastic for him I thought Ridvan was very good John Sue has obviously come back from injury hell and, and uh, scores a goal in this fixture which will he'll, he'll live long in the memory for him and I, I thought the back four were, were good I thought the midfield three were fantastic yeah, I, th- I agree. I, and John Souter was a, was a good player at Hearts. He's always been a good player. It's just that he's really suffered with injuries. Unfortunately, couldn't get him fit when the, when they first uh, signed him. It wasn't a free transfer. Jackie Batamara looks after John yeah. Souter. Mm-hmm. I think it was half a million or something they paid late on, didn't they? Um, for him, but it, it, they couldn't get him right because I think he'd, he'd hurt himself, bad injury. It would be great if he can stay fit now, you can see. That's the key. How good can he fit. be? Oh, very good. Yeah. Very, he does everything right. Do you fancy he, coming you know, up against him? Um, yeah. well, in my heyday, probably not, not too sure nowadays. <laughs> but today, um, I know. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but as I said, for me, he goes and heads it like the goal. You know, he, he, he makes it his own. He goes and attacks the ball. Yeah. Um and he can play. I know he gave a mistake away for a couple of months ago, wasn't yeah, it? When sure. uh, when Jota uh, jumped in and eventually yeah. finished it off. But that can happen. Defenders mm-hmm. make mistakes. You know that can happen. It's how you come back from them. And he'll be delighted. It'd have been a big result for him as well, personally. Having, you know, maybe took a little bit of stick, you know, for that mistake. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he's got himself fit. He looks strong. He's a very very good player. And I think Rangers have have got one there if they can keep them fit. I don't think there's any doubts over John Souter. Can mm. he play for Rangers? I think he's proven at international level he can play for Scotland. I remember being at Hamden, the game he scored, and he, he was outstanding. It's just, is he going to be robust enough to play for Rangers and to be the number one choice? He's going to have to play 50, 60 games next season. That's the only question mark I think anyone's ever got, had, or will have about John Souter. Is Ben Davies on the way out potentially if they can get money for him? It's just um, for the money they've spent on Ben Davies, he's been disappointing. Yeah. Um, he's obviously naturally left-footed, but I think just I know I know they weren't playing against Kyogo at the weekend, but they look such a be- better partnership. Um, the Suter Goldson than Goldson and Davis or Suter and Davis. And what do you think about the right-back position? Reports today that Dujon Sterling, ex-Chelsea, he was on loan as you know to Stoke. A deal is pretty much on the cards with Rangers. It looks as though he is coming for next season. Very interesting in terms of James Tavernier being the captain, and and he is he, he always plays. Um, it's, it's a big surprise we talk about being robust he always plays so very interesting moving forward to see if he's still a regular next year with, with signing right, right back Rangers fans what are you thinking 0808 17 17 700 the Celtic transfer speculation today which it is at the moment but according to reports in Hungary it's a striker Eduve Ekoba um, Hungarian based striker could be on his way to Celtic, but uh, if spots and maybe's John, you never know. We'll talk about that after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go. Thanks, Chris. The Go Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney with the legends, John Hartson. Uh, we'll go through all the clubs, John, because one of your old clubs is involved in big action tonight, trying to get towards the Premier League in England was phenomenal for Luton who were out the top uh, division just a few years ago they were I think it's something like 10 years they've come from the 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 Vauxhall Conference I think and and Wrexham have done the same this year haven't they I think Mm -hmm. they've had a bit of help but they've still got to go and appoint the right managers and 
you know, the manager has to, it's yeah. um, the boy Phil Parkinson yeah. has done well yeah. at Wrexham. But, but no, Luton, yeah. I remember being there, Paul, I yeah. signed there as, an, as a young apprentice when I was 16. Um, brilliant football club. And they had the AstroTurf as well for the for the surface, the pitch. And you could go out there, yeah. sort of... People used to talk uh, about all it. All day, yeah. all day. And yeah. like, it was never one of these things because you could just go out there. And my, my hero was Brian Steen, Mick Harford. And you could emulate them players, take penalties yep. and things, because it was the Astroturf pitch. The groundsman wouldn't wouldn't stop you going on there. You, yeah. can you imagine going on to the first team pitch now with the where it's grass, you can't get anywhere near it. So that that was a that was a good fun for us. Are they going to go through to meet Middlesbrough? Well, or it's tough. Coventry? Tony Mowbray, yeah. I know very well. I mean, he was my manager at West Brom. Um, really good manager yeah. at at, uh, at Sunderland. They won. They mm-hmm. won the first game two one. The sure. goal, the goal, the free kick was unbelievable. That that won the game for them. But Kenilworth yep. Road, there'll be ten thousand there. It's not a big ground. It'll be hostile. Luton finished third, by the way, in the sure, championship this season. Rob yeah. Edwards mm-hmm. has done a great job there. So um, Luton yep. will make it tough for them tonight, and hopefully. You know, for, for for sentimental reasons, I'd like to because I think if they got to Wembley, I'd try and get there. We say hello to one of the younger listeners, Connor Lincoln. I met him before, met him at the weekend at a family do. Young Connor at school, and he's listening into the program. Does every night, but John, you're a, a hero. He sees the the uh, pictures brilliant. of you. He's a, hello, Connor. I'm yeah. just wanted want to say hello to you, son. I yeah. hope you enjoy the shows. And uh, I mean, we young McGinn yeah. uh, today, mate. He's probably not much older than you, young McGinn. <laughs> but um, thanks yeah. for listening, mate, yeah. and uh, good luck to you. 0808 17 17 700 you can call John Hartson Rangers fans do you want to speak to Big John who could have signed for you of course uh, he signed for Celtic the rest was history and Stephen again so much to still look at who's going to go down from the Premiership who's it going to be what do you think Stephen a real bad weekend for Dundee United yeah. mm. um, when you think a couple of weeks ago they're off the back of three games winning run and you're thinking with the quality they have up front with, with Stephen Fletcher and are they just going to pull out of this and um, they lose a game at home to Ross County and with Kilmarnock winning elsewhere all of a sudden you're thinking could that be a two horse race for, for 12th place so a big a big result for my old club Kilmarnock it's just amazing the, the home and away the difference in them I, I was at Motherwell last week and they went down with a whimper and at Kilmarnock and we watched sports scene at night and they just about have every every chance in the highlights another dominant home performance yep. so I'm sure I think I think only need one more win come on to, to avoid automatic relegation so a real bad weekend for Dundee United 85% success at home come on it, it's incredible Look, if you do that away uh, from home to be challenging we, we had a real strong home record yeah. especially when Derek came in mm-hmm. uh, last year he was big on the home and getting the crowd into the game and obviously it's well known it's a difficult pitch for teams to come to um, but it's just amazing the, the amount of, of points they've taken at home is that you on holiday now from the football? I mean, sadly, we hoped you'd be there for the, the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah, um, I was thinking that just now if I'd just been successful in the semi-final, I wouldn't be chasing after two toddlers this morning. <laughs> I'd have been yeah. at training, preparing for the for playoff first leg. So, and double disappointment yeah. um, as much as I love them. James McPake, as you know, was in here on a Friday night, successful manager. He was uh, a PFA, well, he's the manager of the year for the first division. Do you think he'll do well? Yeah, well, I played with James at Dundee, yeah. um, gone well with him and as much as they were our rivals, we, we, we pushed them hard at times and to go through the campaign only losing one game, mm-hmm. you've got to tip your hat to them. Yeah, a great job in terms of taking over a team that had been relegated um, to get it going so quickly. So 
um, the Falkirk fans one moment to congratulate, uh, no. wish him good luck or congratulate him. But I know there's um, a big rivalry. Yeah, it is a big rivalry. But um, you've got to say he has done a good job. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. Before we go in the lines, let's hear from Ange Postecoglou now about Rangers three 0 win against Celtic uh, on Saturday. Yeah, fair to say we uh, yeah we're disappointed. We uh, yeah, didn't really perform at the levels we needed to today. Um, you know, there's a couple of critical moments in the game where we, we probably should have got ourselves back into it. We didn't. And then, uh, yeah, second half, we kind of, you know, we were a little bit desperate in our play rather than just sort of playing our football. John, would that be fair? A bit desperate at times later on? Uh, well, it's his words, yeah. isn't it? You know, who's going to argue with, with Ange? Um, that's, that's a fair assessment yeah. of his team, I think. And I think uh, the one thing I took out of that was weren't quite at the levels because yeah. Celtic have a level. They have a level of performance where they normally hit that level most weeks and that's why they've won the league and they've only lost the two games, one obviously before the weekend. Um, and he just said the exact words were, we just didn't perform at the levels and, and they, they probably feel as if um, they'll be looking for the reason for that. Um, we can talk about the goals, we can, we can talk about the passive, we can talk about you know, how comes, but I think credit as well to the opposition, Rangers, I thought they come at Celtic, they got the first goal uh, after nine minutes, I think it was, and sometimes when when that first goal goes in, yeah. um, and then you've got to be solid, uh, Ho, Ho then gets a chance, hits the post, big moments, you know, little fine margins in games, um, didn't, and then Suter gets the header, it's a poor goal to give away because there was no real big effort to stop Suter coming in. Credit to him as a player. I'd have been delighted with that type of head. I wouldn't have been caring about the what the other centre-halves were doing. But we have to talk about it a bit defensively because it was weak. It was defending weak. That's when you miss you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers to not just go and head the ball, but to organise what's going on around him. Are we all in the right positions? You know, starting positions. Um, and then obviously the, the the third goal is is a calamity. The game's over by then. So uh, no, Salah uh, so just just didn't perform at the level that, that they normally at, and you know, and hopefully that this and the league's done. Um, sure. But coming yeah. back next season, they'll go yeah. again, no doubt about that. A bit more on why they lost. The manager was asked. There's probably a number of reasons. Um, credit to credit to Rangers, and obviously um, you're facing a, a difficult opponent at their venue. But um, you know, probably the amount of changes I made probably didn't help. In terms of the guys um, lacking a little bit of sharpness, but um, at the end of the day, we just weren't good enough. Yeah, as I said, they, you know, fair to say that they're a little bit off it today, and um, but you know that's part of the experience of playing through this football club. You know, it's uh, it's relentless. You know, you don't get any uh, sort of easy introductions. You know, we've, we've thrown guys into derbies before. You know, pretty much as their first game. So um, it's just you know how you. You understand what it is to be a player of this football club. Brian's on the socials at Go Football Show, a bit critical of Carl Starfelt without CCV. Stephen, what's your take on the Swedish defender? I, th- well, I, th- I think he comes in for a lot of criticism. Um, I don't think he gets enough praise in terms of what, he, what he's did at Celtic in, he, in his two years. I think from the from the moment he took to the field at Tynecastle that day, I think he's taking a lot of criticism I think the partnership he's got with Carter Vickers is still undefeated domestically which is amazing two years in um, and I think if Celtic needed any sort of result at the weekend they'd had his big mate there to help him out um, and I think the, the quality of Carter Vickers will be a drop off um, 
in any defence I mean you, you look at Celtic going to Ibrox which is our toughest game in Scotland by by a long way and they're going with a different right back a different centre half partner and a different left yeah. back so it's difficult I, I thought other than the third goal I actually thought Starfelt was one of the better Celtic players I thought he defended his box and, he, and the way Celtic played he had to do a lot of defending um, so I do think he comes in for a lot of unfair criticism What does it tell us about Bernabe? Does he need more games or is he not going to quite make it? I think another player that's came in for criticism, I think you only see how well Greg Taylor does for Celtic when you see Bernabe. I think he struggled for Celtic. I think there's a drop-off in quality when Bernabe comes in for him. And I think it's, I think Bernabe's going to have to go up a few levels if he's going to continue to be a Celtic player. And Kobayashi? I think he struggled. In the, uh, Celtic's two biggest tests are Tencastle and uh, Ibrox, and I think he struggled. Uh, there's no doubt in his quality on the ball. I think he's a nice footballer. I don't think, I don't think he'd be as dramatic to say that um, he won't make it as a Celtic player. So I think there's a lot, of, a lot to his game that, that I like. But I think um, if if you're going to give off that sense that there's a weakness to you at places like Tencastle and Ibrox, and they'll feed on it. John, do you think the bench, Celtic bench, is not as strong as most people thought? What was the bench? Tell me again. Well, Kuk, but people, the fact that they played, no, I, I mean the ones who played, for example, Bernabe, Kobayashi, at mm. all. Uh, oh. Well, Ange just said that himself. Maybe, you know, with hindsight, hindsight's a great thing, yeah. isn't it? Maybe with hindsight, he might have gone with a stronger team. Mm. He might have started Taylor. He might have started Kyogo. But, you know, the, the league was done, right? Um, and it's an opportunity to test these boys' characters. Can they go to a, you know, as I said, the cauldron, Ibrox, I, I what it was, mm. sixty thousand, you know, yeah, fifty-two thousand Rangers. Says yeah, there's no be, Celtic beating down forces. on you. Yeah. No, not one Celtic mm. fan in the ground. That takes balls. It takes a stomach for a fight when you go there. You know, you've got to go out. You've got to walk down that tunnel. And you've got to, you've got to embrace that. You know, listen, I lost to Ibrox many times. Yeah. You know, it can happen when they're at it. How strong a Celtic, by the way, when they're home, when when the fans are really going at it. They're like a 13th man. Rangers will feel the same. And that happened on Saturday. They really got behind them. Starfelt, I feel, yeah. is frustrating for me because he didn't start off great and then he got a little bit of criticism. Then he got really good. He improved his game. He seemed to be really coming on, getting an awful lot of praise. And then it's like, I just... And this is not a criticism. I just want to, I want to see him next season at the very highest level. I want to see him in the Champions League against the best strikers, you know, against the best teams, and see how he fares. I want him to prove me wrong. I want me to come out to them games and watch them, which I will. I'll watch every minute of every game, and I want to say, by the way, he was brilliant today. He was outstanding. He's come on. He's got stronger. He's got more aware of his position. Players running in behind him, giving the ball away, these type of things. He's been very good this season um, and I've given him an awful lot of praise and particularly after the start where a lot of people were getting on his back. Come through that period but I want to see him because we know Carter Vickers can do it because he's been outstanding. He seems to do it when in the big games against the big players. I want to see Carl Starfelt showing everybody that he can perform at that very highest level consistently. Um, I still think there's a few doubters that maybe doubt whether he can do that against the very, very best. You're not one of the doubters, though. No, I just, I, th I think the, he, he doesn't look comfortable in the ball. I don't think he's ever, but 
every, I mean, if you if you go and get how much would it cost to go and get another defender like Carter Vickers? I mean, that's been a brilliant bit of business. Mm-hmm. Carroll Starfelt for me in, in games. I thought last year in um, Celtic's win at Ibrox in the two one. I thought Carroll Starfelt gave his best ever Celtic performance. Mm-hmm. I thought defended the box really well, and I think the, the way Celtic set up with the corners, even at the, the last semi final, some of his last ditch headers at Hamden were, were top draw. I I just think sometimes people are looking at the complete defender which I think yeah. Carter Vickers yeah. is I agree I don't, with Stephen I, th- I think he can be very very good mm. where you come yeah. off as Stephen said and go do you know one of Celtic's best players today was was Carl Starfeld but what I, all I'm saying is can he mm. can he go in like a like a proper defender and, and just do it consistently at the highest highest go level go up a level we yeah. know we can do it because sure. Celtic have two time league mm. winners back to back and he's been pivotal in that yep. alongside Carter Vickers. We know that. I want to yep. know next season against the very best Champions League. Can he perform mm-hmm. to the levels that he does in in, in the Scottish Premiership? I, I just is Carroll Starfelt still going to be uncomfortable at times in the ball? Is he at times going to miss the left back with a pass and pass it out the pitch? Yes, he is. But, but the only thing I'd say about that, and then Steve, that'll cost you. Sure, I know, but at the highest level, I that know, will cost you. But I think he defends the box that well. That I think. To, mm. to get someone to defend the box that well mm. and be good in the ball and not pass it, how much would it, is it going to cost? I think that's out of Celtic's range unless it's an amazing bit of business like a Carter Vickers. And how much is out of the range? £10 million? Yeah, we well just look at the people that... I mean, Celtic have had defenders um, come in. Look at Moritz Jens. Mm. He's now doing really well in the Bundesliga. Struggled at times and couldn't... Um, Ange, Ange didn't replace him um, with Starfield. Carol Starfield plays at the halfway line with Carter Vickers. Celtic sometimes have every... And he has to defend sometimes man for man. And I just think, other than being uncomfortable in the ball, and, he, and he's, not a, he's not a fluid player on the ball, but everything else I think it, yeah. he, and should be pretty happy with I him. think he's twice the player now than what he was when he first came in. Right. That is my sort of assessment of Carl, of, of, uh, Carl Starfield. Oh, okay. And as I said, he's been excellent. Celtic have won two league titles and a treble this season potentially potentially John if, yeah, of course yeah. if they could be Dinvan well, sure. they'd be huge favourites <laughs> of course yeah. and he's, he's been pivotal yeah. in that but it, it, it's, it's just yeah. I wouldn't even say yeah. it's a question mark I, I want to see I just want to see Starfelt you know I want to be talking about him how yeah. good he was against a Juventus or against a you know a mm. higher higher class sort of forwards if Johan you know Mialbe, I mean. whom you know well and played alongside he was on yeah. this show when he joined you know yeah. when uh, Starfelt joined Celtic and we threw the name in and he said yeah he's got a lot still a lot more to learn and there he'll you improve go. There and he you said go. that and the, te- and the Champions ago. League will yeah. test you at, at every level because you yeah. can't go higher than that yeah you know Morellas and Kent will be names of the past. Rangers fans, what are you thinking? Should the manager have changed things earlier? We'll talk about that after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! You know the number, 0808 17 17 700. Crofty and Grado back tomorrow morning. I see Grado was at the big uh, dinner the other night at the 
Players Player of the Year and he was sitting close to Malik Tillman fresh from the wrestling on Saturday where I hear he was brilliant actually um, so we're looking forward to the new season 29th of July that's the start of the Cinch Premiership Stephen and I were speaking with John during the break because there's lots of messages coming in you can call them 0808 17 17 700 or come on the socials at Go Football Show here is Richard who's been on a WhatsApp Paul, I hope Michael Beale and the board go about the summer signings quickly. I can't afford to take time. Uh, let's see, sorry. I can't afford to take take our time. Yeah, we can't afford to take our time with the European qualifiers coming so quickly. Also, so when are the qualifiers, Stephen? So the Rangers first uh, foray into it, it's the yeah. third qualifying round, which starts the 8th and 9th of August, because I actually checked that this morning, so thinking Rangers will need to get their business done, but... They're actually into the league campaign first before the qualifiers start. Wow. So it's really, it's an early start, isn't it? 29th of uh, July, the league season starting, then the qualifiers, they don't have much time. So he makes a great point, Richard. Yeah. We need to get the business done early. He also says, we need to sort out the contracts of people like Lundstrom, Barisic, both going into the last season of the current deals and we can't continue to allow assets to leave for free yeah. like the two we mentioned <clears throat> just before the break. I've John, always said, Paul, that it's, it's a lot easier yeah. to bring players in than to move players on. Yeah. Because yeah. where on earth are they going to find sort of a club where you're revered, um, where, you, you know, you, you can't even walk down the street without asking for a picture and all... You know, that, that that is brilliant for a footballer. You, you don't get that, you know, in, in a lot of other places as you would in Glasgow. So people who want to stay on, people with big wages, they want to let their contracts run down. It's not easy to move players on. You get comfortable, do you know? Um, and of course, every manager would like to get his business done early. But sometimes it's hard because you've got to negotiate, you've got to make sure that it's the right type that you bring into your football club. That's why a Tillman would be excellent because Rangers know him, they've watched him, they've seen him develop and um, and they feel he can go straight into the first team. And that's what that's what managers want. They want players to come straight into your first team. No point buying players of similar, um, you know, of similar ability. They've already got, you want better players. That's what you want to move the club forward. You want players that are better and that, that costs more money, of course. That's a good point about tying people up, isn't it? Lundstrom, do you think he'll be there next season? Because he could be a saleable asset. Yeah, I think Michael Beale will have a big decision with uh, Lundstrom, um, Borna Barisic, Ennis Hadji. I think they'll be interested. Glenn Kamara, I think, they'll be inter I think Glenn Kamara will move on. But I think they'll be interested in these players and these are the ones that you can make money off of. Um, there'll be a big turnaround in players and they've got to make a decision can we get better and and I believe Michael Beale will be looking to move them on I think he'll be trying to get as many of Michael Beale signings into the building as he can John where do you think so what about the goalkeeper we talked about it last night he did really well for them didn't he young, very well 25 mind you wrong, young Robbie McCrory but young for a goalkeeper um, Jack Butland seems to be in the wings could be coming in yeah, in the summer why, what do you why, think why, why, I know Jack Butland's got experience but mm -hmm. if you're going to push on you know, McCrory mm -hmm. he's done really well I know it's only two games but the boys on there uh, Craig Moore and, and Barry yeah. they speak about Oliver Gregg as away um, you know, the, there's no chance. I, I, I just still think he's got he's got something to offer. Although last night in the programme, John, then they mentioned Mark and Barry were speaking about it and mm. they said, why not have Robbie McCrory and keep Alan McGregor as well because he's got another year in him with probably well, they, they, Robbie McCrory as your first choice mm. but the experience of McGregor. Well, if you're going to you push think? the goalkeeper yeah. on, you've got to give him games and you've got mm. to accept that he's going to make a few mistakes because he's, you know, he's untried at that level. But... 
you know, everybody's singing his praise. Um, he's done very well. Clean sheet at the weekend mm. against Celtic in a in a, couple, a in, in a big game. Couple of big saves yeah, as well. Absolutely, yeah. and looked assured, didn't he? Mm. Look, he looked really good. Um, and that's what goalkeepers they have to have a presence. Yeah. They have to be assured. They have to come for crosses. This is my ball. Make mm. sure when you come, you come. When you want to punch it, go through everybody. Punch it away. Punch it thirty Pickford yards. Style. <laughs> no, but no, I'm just saying, as a goalkeeper, you've yeah. got to be assured. Yeah. You've got to give your back for confidence. Yeah. If you're coming and flapping at things, you're not giving anybody confidence. So why not stick with the mm. young lad? Um, uh, it, it might be something if Butland becomes available. Mm with his experience and his Premier League, things like that, then they might see. But I think you've got a ready-made goalkeeper there. What do you think, Stephen? He's the age Alan McGregor was when he came to first time to, to Rangers. Well, just on Robbie McCrory, it'd be a huge positive for the uh, Scotland national team. I know we spoke about the long-term worries about the goalkeeping situation. Um, I know Angus Guns came in and, and did well and looked assured, but we, we spoke about where's this next mm. goalkeeper. Can, if we can get a Scottish starting um, Rangers goalkeeper, then what a positive that is for us. But on the Alan McGregor, keeping him as a second choice, I didn't like it. Um, last year, I thought when you get the standing ovation for an amazing Rangers career, I thought it was time to go. I think when you have a player of that, and, and I've said before, I think he's the best Rangers goalkeeper in my lifetime. Mm. What a shadow that is over John McLaughlin, who tries to then be the number one when you've got Alan McGregor waiting in the wings. Every time he makes a mistake, he's not a Rangers number one. Just put Alan McGregor in there. And I think for the same, if I, if they go with Robbie McCrory, as I said, would be great for Scottish football. I, I just think Alan McGregor being there on the sidelines, the first time he makes a couple of mistakes, there'll just be a, a huge outpouring. Just, just get the experience back in. So I think Alan McGregor, as I said, the best Rangers goalkeeper in my lifetime, my opinion, but I think and a goalkeeper And a goalkeeper is a pivotal position. Yeah. You know, he's the last man, he can't make mistakes, it's a goal, defender makes a mistake, The other your, your friend sure. can come around and cover for you. And As a goalkeeper, your, your manager has got to trust the keeper, one million percent. And whether he does at this moment in time, after two games, it's a big decision for Michael Beale, and he, he's got many big decisions over the summer. I hear what you say, both of you, but isn't that a bit different a year on? The John McLaughlin choice was a mistake. Everyone said on this programme, he's a good goalkeeper. He's a very Nobody said he's a great keeper. And Alan McGregor wasn't ready to go. But if McGregor's got a, almost a coaching, player coach, Stephen, couldn't that work? He could mentor him. Because he sees a, a young Scottish keeper coming in at the same age he was when he arrived. Yes, but I just think you've got to be sure he's a man. Okay. I think um, if, you go and, if you go and sign up Jack Butland, he would be in the undoubted yeah. number one. No, lots of experience, then it might work. But I think for a Robbie McCrory, John McLaughlin, I just don't think, I think it's too big a shadow. Here's Michael Beale speaking about what that win meant to him. I've got all the belief and faith in it regardless, but I think what it does is it gives the, the fans a lot of oxygen over the summer and, a, and, and something for them to hold on to and believe moving forward. They've had a tough season. I thought they were outstanding today. We'll promise to build a stronger Rangers next year and come back and try and do them proud. But I thought today that was how I want Rangers to come across to the outside world in terms of the energy and passion in in the stands and certainly on the pitch as well. He must have woken up the next day, John, and thought, I got a break at last. You know, Michael Beale, he did a lot right, didn't lose many games, but couldn't beat Celtic until Saturday. Well, of course, as you said there, they'll get a little bit of momentum to take into the summer. There's a feel-good factor there. All right, they've not won anything, and ultimately, as a, as the Rangers manage, yeah. you want to win things. What you've done is you've gone and won one big game mm -hmm. against your big rivals, having not won in the previous five. That's what he's gone and done. 
And it means a lot to him because he'd have been determined to get that win before the summer. There's a bit of belief there that now that he can that he can maybe bring in the the right type of player to add to the players that he's got. <clears throat> um, and it's a huge win. It's a huge win for them. Um, ultimately, it doesn't mean anything other than morale and things like this, um, because they've not won anything, you know. Okay. A, but but what it would do, it'll give him confidence. The board might just look at it and think, you know what, we've got a manager here now that we 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 want to trust going forward, which they have. They've given him. You know, and, and he's got a lot of work to do. Ins and outs and things like this yep. is difficult. That's the other side of the management we don't always see. Let's get Paul, a big Rangers fan on the line. Paul, good evening. Uh, evening, Paul. Evening, guys. All right, Paul. Um, Hi. Th- thanks for having me on. Thanks. Um, I, a couple of points here. Um, just about Rangers, obviously. I've been a bit frustrated with the last few old firm games and that, and I've, I've phoned in your show and yeah, sure. shared that. Particularly the board and that as well. But I have to... That, that old fun there game there. I know you could argue it's meaningless and all that type of stuff, but anyway, no. See if I was playing Celtic, I'd want to beat them in Twiddly once. Do you know what I mean? Anything. I just don't yeah, want to beat them sure. in anything, right? So, yeah. um, I, I, do you know what I was impressed by? I, I hear Celtic get a lot of praise for their strength and depth and everything else, right? But what I was kind of impressed about Rangers is uh-huh. that we had, a lot of, we had a lot of injuries, right? And we had to put in the likes of Suter, we had to play played a handful of games. Uh, Robbie McCrory's only played a handful of games. Yep. Um, you know, up front, we never had a recognised striker, if you want to say that. So, as much as people are saying, well, Celtic played a weekend team and whatnot, so did Rangers, to be honest. We, we were out there with, with quite a few things. So, I wanted to highlight that. And also, um, you know, John's not going to like me for saying this, right? And I'm not doing it with blue tinted specs on to wind them up or anything like that, right? But Michael Bewley came out with a comment about being a lucky... Andrew's lucky, right? Now, to be fair, every manager's got to have a bit of luck, right? You go into mm. a new job and mm. you've got to have a bit of luck on your side. That has to be there, right? And he has done an extraordinary job with the recruitment, the turnaround that Celtic have done, bro, and I'm saying that as a Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. But there's been a few stinkers in there, to be honest, I think. Now, what do you mean? What do you mean a few stinkers? What do you mean? Performances or players? <laughs> this, I will, I, this is based on what I hear Celtic fans saying, like, say, Bernabe and um, the guy the guy Kobayashi. for Celtic Kobayashi, uh, right. Kobayashi okay. I, think, right. I think to say a bit stinkers is a, is a bit strong Paul don't like that language it's not the kind of well, way I, we I, I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute John that's not the way we go on we have, we have spoken about them and they haven't done well you're absolutely right but we don't say that it's not the discourse here in Go Radio we're Glasgow station we're the people station we're not just up against blue and green or whatever we try to have constructive points which you normally make Paul but we don't right no, John, but I think, I think Paul has a point. Yeah. I think he has a point. I, th- I think it's a, it's it's a big win for Rangers. Um, I, I think they could have they could have uh, been stronger. Uh, he left out Morelos. He, you know, yep. um, Cholak was injured and not available. Yep. They have mm-hmm. got injuries. Uh, you know, one or two injuries. You know, sure. uh, but as as I said, Angers have said that he, he might have. Um, um, Fielded a stronger team. He, he has to look at himself in terms of who he picked. He could have gone in with Taylor, Kyogo, who are Celtic's strongest team. I think I think Paul makes a good point about a little bit of luck. I think you need a bit of luck. I think, um, whereas Rangers in the past, they've started off and they've missed chances. The Celtic have taken advantage. 
I think at the weekend Rangers took their opportunities Celtic mm-hmm. with Howitt in the post I think these games are fine margins a lot at times Rangers were better John weren't they Rangers the were better on the day absolutely I don't think you can deny mm-hmm. that doesn't matter who you support the manager have come out and said the Celtic were passive yep. they looked a bit desperate in the second half manager's words in terms of trying to get back in the game and trying things that is not alien to Celtic mm. do you know in terms of keeping the ball so full credit to Rangers for, for, for the win they deserve to win but the bigger picture is and I'm, I, I go on about it it's a brilliant brilliant win but if Michael Beale had got his team to perform like this in the first couple of games against Celtic then he might have pushed Celtic further in terms of the title. So should he have dropped Morellas? But how how comes it took five games to perform like this? No, it's a brilliant will. It's a brilliant win, Paul, for the Rangers' support. Brilliant. You'll go into the summer, you'll have bragging, not not bragging rights, because the bragging rights will be a treble potentially for Celtic. But I totally get how Rangers fans will be delighted with the win uh, and beating Celtic is huge. Mm. Stephen, you've got a good point about the game time because you agree with Paul about the fact that Rangers had less game time than the Celtic players yeah six months ago we spoke about getting into the uh, last Celtic Rangers game of the season with McCrory in goals Redvan left back Sakala and Matondo up front you'd be thinking mm. what is going on um, what I would say to Paul is from watching Saturday and seeing how hungry some of the Rangers players were like uh, Sakala I thought he chased down every lost cause he looked a threat I know he's not always reliable in front of goal but he gets his goals I think if you give him the semi-final goal from last year that's a Monty 3 against Celtic which is the same as Morelos going back to the games do you wish that he'd just gone with that hunger instead of maybe a Morelos or Kent? Paul? Well, listen, can I just say before I make a point to that apologies for that word I didn't get in any derogatory way do you know I'm not sure. no, Paul, I Paul, Paul you're, you're normally a good caller mate I like yeah. listening to yeah. your views sure. you know irrespective yeah, of who people yeah. support okay. you normally come on mate yeah, and no, you're, no, you're normally no. very constructive and you're very good I like listening okay. to you Tot- and you're, you're spot on Rangers were better at the weekend right. no doubt about it totally accepted Paul okay. plus it's live radio I know we can all right. what about the question there that Stephen put you oh, before no. the news <laughs> That's all right, we've done that now. Come on, Paul, we'll get the news in a second. We need to go to that. But what do you say? Should he have made these changes earlier in the season? 100%. That's why I was kicking up a stink all the time about it, saying about Ken and Morelos. They weren't weren't playing for a jersey. And I'll tell you, I was at Edmondson House the last game, and when Kent's face came up, there there was a lot of booze, and I don't like to see that from our own players, but people had given up, and I was just, I would have liked to have seen McCrory and just a mix-up I'd say that umpteen times yeah. mix the formation up a wee bit and there, there, there's the result you win 3-0 you know but thanks again for letting me on not at all no worries Paul. Right, Paul good luck to you mate enjoy your summer thanks for the call There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. 
Hour 2 with John Hartson and Stephen McGinn tomorrow night it'll be Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson who'll be here at the Go Radio Football Show thanks to everyone making the switch with Macklin Motors every night 5 till 7 Stephen a lot of people do you get do some of your teammates talk to you about it and wind you up a bit Are they, they'll be listening intently what you're saying uh, yeah I'm a bit of wind up at this, so yeah. uh, if I say anything they'll, uh, yeah, they'll pull me up but uh, yeah, there's a few of the boys listening. I think they hope for a mention. I've not mentioned them yet. So go on, give them a mention. <laughs> young Cal Morrison, who yep. is uh, in the team of the year. I think he listens every week. So there's your mention, Cal. Well, Stephen's very yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I've said this before. Without sounding patronising, I think he's got an opinion, which you yeah. need yeah. to go on radio. Um, you don't need to talk sense because nobody else <laughs> talks a lot of sense you listen to all sorts of channels all day long you look at it and go what is he talking about what is that one on about listen to talk sport you listen to other radio which channels which is excellent Jim listens to uh, us as well in but, yeah, but the good thing is it's opinions which is football you know but if you've got one it's important to voice it and I think young McGinn has got an opinion and he voices it that's all you can do you'll accept that one won't you from John Harson? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, as I say, I love coming in here, especially with John, because at football now in the last few years, I've been yeah. the old man. John oh, regularly calls me young, young again, so it's a, it's a nice buzz. Yeah. Here's young Reagan on the line. He's dialed 08 08 17 17 700. Reagan, good evening. Paul, uh, thank you for having me on. Not at all. You got your prediction wrong last week, but you know you got it right I most did, times I. this season. Yeah. You're not, the only, you're not the only one to get it wrong, Reagan. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I know John was talking about people coming on talks. Uh, talking sense, I don't know if I can talk my sense, but I'll, I'm looking forward to, uh, to being on. Yeah, well, you've always got a good point to make, Regan. What's your main point tonight? I just wanted to talk to jo- uh, John and Stephen about um, the Scottish uh, final because yep. um, she and, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago, but she and Van she and Van Ness, mm-hmm. they've not pl- they've not played for quite a few weeks now. Yep. So, well, do you think that'll play a part in the Scottish final? Because that, that must take its toll on the players. Stephen, you go, the, mate. Go on. That's a great point. Can I tell you, you know today that Inverness have fixed up a game over in Northern Ireland with Dungannon. So, because yeah, that Regan's point's a great one. So they fixed it with the former Rangers player, Dean Shields, who's manager at Dungannon Swifts. They're having to go across the water. Yeah, to Re- get Regan, we, we obviously, we had the semi-final against Inverness at Falkirk and that was one of the things we spoke oh. about as, as a group of players. We spoke about um, if what what's turned out to happen, we lose in the first round of the playoffs. We would have uh, two or three weeks of of just training and who's going to play a friendly this stage of the season and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's good that Billy Dodds is able to get a fixture in, but it is, friendlies are nothing like the, the big game. The one thing, I think, just the adrenaline and the type of game it is for Inverness, they're going to have to, to hang in at times. So it's not like a, they're going to come out for a full boxing match. Um, Aye. But it is a long time of preparation for, for one game. John, it is a long time. What's it like as a player if you're not playing a competitive game for what three? It's actually four weeks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All in four well, weeks, John. Yeah. Oh, it, it, well, I've luckily be, never been in the situation where you're coming into a cup final, one of your biggest um, clubs' games in their history, mm-hmm. up against the, the the champions of the Premiership, Celtic, and you haven't kicked the ball for four weeks. Yeah. If the training would have been competitive, of course, you'd have had you'd have been organising bounce games. Um, between uh, looking at the squad and things like this but you know personally I, I would rather be playing every week because you're you know you're keeping up your fitness you're keeping up your form if you like um, 
And I think uh, I think it's very difficult, but he, he has organised the game, as you said, over in Ireland. Some some that could be competitive and keep his players sharp. But it's not ideal. It's not yeah. ideal, but nothing they can do about yeah. it because the season's over, Reagan. So what else can they do? Is there any doubt in your mind about the treble? I think I think oh. Celtic will have to take um, Inverness very seriously, like they do with every other 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 team. You know, Celtic will be odds on favourite massively. And um, you look at it on paper, there's not one Inverness player that could get into Celtic's team. Um, the calibre of the club, the treble are at stake. And it's one of those where... But Wigan beat Manchester City in the FA Cup several yeah, years ago. Yeah, Roberto yeah. Martinez, they beat, they beat the might of Wigan. You know, um, These things, these shocks can happen. But what the Celtic players and Angel make sure is it ain't going to happen this time around, you know, they'll. I think yeah. Ange will play his best team. I think he'll be, he'll be, he'll want to play the players that he's, that have been great for him all throughout the season, helping him win the league. Like Taylor comes back in, um, uh, the likes of Johnson plays. I think Kyogo plays. Um, you know, his, his big players, the ones, of course, um, Carter Vickers will still be out, so it'll still be the the back. Yeah. You know, it'll still be. Um, Kobayashi alongside Starfield and that's what he'll do I, I can't see an upset but listen you take your eye off the ball in this game and, and it can bite you you know where you, where you don't want it to bite you Do you feel for Stephen Welsh missing out through injury just now when he could have got a chance with Carter Vickers being out Stephen? Yeah I'm sure it's uh, a frustration of his um, like guys like Ralston that have used Alistair Johnson's injury to, to get more game time but as it's the way the big club works um you want to be available as much as possible because you never know when your your time's going to come. Just the only the only way I can describe Inverness's preparation for this is uh, John might not have had too many international breaks because of his involvement with Wales, mm-hmm. but there's nothing worse than an international break when you're just play, training out the week and mm-hmm. and it is tough. And as much as these Inverness boys will be thinking, yeah, but the cup finals in th- it is a long three weeks and you're worrying about injuries and you don't want to overdo it because. Mm-hmm. After the Scottish Cup, it won't be long until they're back for, for pre-season as well. It's, it is as good as it is for Inverness, and I wish it was me having played in the semi-final, but uh, we are back on the 17th of June, and I don't think Inverness will be back too soon after that. So mentally, how do you feel now at the end of the season? And I'm not going away from Inverness, but you know it's different. If perhaps maybe you didn't make it to get to the final... Do you feel tired mentally now at the end of the season, physically? We spoke... I mean, I spoke, spoke to my wife today um, about... It's the first time I've ever lost in the playoffs. Um, and when you you mentally kind of dial yourself into, right, semi-final, then we'll win that, and then we'll, yeah. we'll do that, and then we'll win that, and then blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, you lose the first round of the playoffs, and you're thinking, oh, that's us. That's it gone. Um, it's a strange feeling, but it but it's football, and it's uh, something you don't want, to, don't want to get used to. Regan, what about your team at the weekend? Look, it's different, and we heard and we listen carefully to what yep. John says mm-hmm. because, you know, he's won titles. Stephen, made, you've done it as well, Stephen. You made points. I always think about, I often say when you guys are in, does somebody want it more in the day? And I think often you say, well, no, they both want to win it, but there's something about the slim margins. What do you take from it, though, going forward for Celtic from what happened on Saturday? Uh, uh, Paul, I'm going to I think I'm supposed to call you made that tactical because I think he said to himself the only way I'm going to find out if O and Bernard Bay and Kobe Ashley are very good players is put them in the best possible atmosphere the biggest atmosphere and to, and to, and to rest them because 
at the end of the day, still they were 13 points clear, they, they, they nothing to play for, and that was the perfect, the perfect chance to do it. So for me, I think Guy's poster call got that absolutely spot on because Kobe, Kobe Ashi, uh, Bernabeu, or I don't, I don't think any of these players will face, will, will, will face a, a tougher test with nothing to play for. And f- what, what, what would you think of them now then, Regan? I'm thinking now that Andrew Lukens said to himself that he's, um, he needs to go and look for better players because mm. for, 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 uh, I don't want to come on here, John, and say, be disrespectful, but I think... No, you never are, mate, honest, you never are. I think if you're being honest with yourself, I think Bernabeu is a big downgrade on Taylor as Mark was saying last night and I think if you look at it as well John I think as much as people have said that Starfield is not too good well I think if you I think Kobe Ashi has got he's still very raw mm. so he needs time um, and I think in terms of the strikers John I want to ask you because um, in terms of the old, he's still very young John and, and I think he needs and I think you need probably two or three proper strikers. I, I agree, and we've spoken about this before. Paul asked me a couple of weeks ago on here uh, what the Celtic need, and they've got they've got a top class centre forward in Kyogo who, who will score lots more goals uh, given good health and and appearances. Um, and he stays at the club for long enough. He, he'll he'll certainly you know get 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 that hundred goal mark. I have no doubt about that. Um, but you can't just go in with 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 um, with one striker and another striker who's untried at that level. You know, O has never played Champions League football. He's played very little football at Celtic. He's been he's been good at times. I, I quite like him. Um, if he scores at the weekend, it's, it's it's a really nice effort. You know, he waits for the keeper to come and he just dinks it over the goalkeeper. And it's the outside of the post. If that goes in. It's a different story. Celtic are back to 1-1 and then obviously they get a bit of confidence from mm-hmm. that goal. Would you have done the same thing, John, in that he dinked it over well? No, I'd just... have scored, Paul. <laughs> I'd have scored. I teed but, that one up for him. But all I'm saying is, uh, Regan, <laughs> he, has, he has to make sure in these big moments that, that you take your opportunities. And it yeah, happened last well. season and I think Kyogo this season Given the opportunity, which he will do, you'll see a different striker in terms of the Champions League. I think he'll score more goals because that's where Celtic failed, if you like, last season in the Champions League. They played some brilliant football against top-class opposition. I'm talking Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, RB Leipzig. It's really good sides, play at good, playing good countries with, with a big level of football. Um, so I think Kyogo this season, I think he will. Uh, next season, should I say sorry. And I think Celtic need another centre-forward. Um, and they're, they're the di- more difficult players to find, aren't they? Your strikers, you know, because the strikers win you games. Big opportunities, and you have to take them chances. And it's fine margins in games, Regan, for me. Stephen? Regan, I think you've made a, a good point about maybe what we guess at why Ange picked that team. I don't think we're ever going to find out his, his full thoughts behind that. But I don't think the message after the game will be too far away from reminding guys like Callum McGregor, Rio Hotate, um, that they're going, the first Celtic Rangers match of next season is going to be at Ibrox. There's not going to be any away fans again. Rangers are going to start that way with the crowd like that. And if they're off um, their best 
then they're going to get punished. So I think it'll just be a wee reminder yeah. at how difficult a place it is to go to and how even Celtic's tried and t- tested guys like McGregor. They didn't, didn't play well. Even the regulars, they didn't really play well. So when they turn up for Ibrox next season, they're going to have to be at their best. As you know, it was the end of a 34-game domestically unbeaten run. Look, I don't, you know, I don't sort of look at it that way. Every game is a challenge. Every game is an opportunity. So, you know, whether you're on a good run or a poor run, it doesn't mean that an a performance needs to to sort of flow from that. We we we've never felt like just because we're playing well, the next game will go well. We we've had to work awfully hard at it to to make sure we maintain those levels, and we didn't get to them today. Regan, thanks very much for calling us. Taking more calls, 0808 17 17 700. I see the keeper, Vasilis Barkas, says that he feels backed and trusted at Utrecht. Trusted was the word. I, I guess confidence is everything for a goalkeeper and he just didn't ever have enough. it, did he? You weren't good enough. Yeah. Simple as that. Certainly paid £5 million for him. Just just didn't, didn't step up to, to being a good goalkeeper for Celtic. Now, he's left Celtic and he's come on to a good game. Um, and fair play to him I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely pleased for him but if he thinks his performances at Celtic were good enough to be number one goalkeeper then he's killing himself on the bottom line is he wasn't good enough and how can he be backed if he, if he just if he's making mistakes yeah. every other week yeah trusted it don't make word. sense sure. yeah I don't know if he's he's having a dig uh, listen it's gone for you I'm glad he's doing well but he, mm. he did nothing to show any sort of trust that the fans or, or management team or players could have in him I think right back to that friendly against pre, uh, West Ham when he came out and he wasn't even in, in his goals I think he he didn't look like a five million pound goalkeeper but I'm glad that he's, he's did well so and, and good luck to him I'm, in the future I'm delighted for him but you know I don't know whether it's, it's uh, somebody's trying to put a bit on him in yeah, terms of making sure. a headline out of nothing he's probably sure. but for me I, I, I just think sometimes if I didn't play well I, I was the first one to say it and I was the first one to take a bit of criticism from the players from the crowd and and the uh, the press you know yourself if you've done good enough if you've not performed anything else like Callum McGregor brilliant great skipper been outstanding I thought he should have had play of the year but there you go Kyogo's okay. 30 goals has got it Callum Regger c- comes out, faces the cameras and says, you know what, we weren't at it today. We were passive. We weren't quite good enough. We give the ball away too many. We give bad goals away. And when you do these things, you end up losing. And, that, and that's, that's brilliant from the skipper. That's what the fans want to hear because the fans are not stupid. They know that Celtic weren't good enough at the weekend. But the key is coming back next season and doing it again. Barkas, Greek international, came with a big reputation, just didn't happen. And I'm not making excuses, it was COVID time as well. So he came into this city, but you couldn't meet anyone. Remember, you weren't allowed out. He'd go to training uh, and then you had to go home. It must have been tough for him. Yep. Listen, it was tough um, tough for everyone for all different sure. reasons. I get I, w- I wouldn't like to have been a foreign country um, during a, a COVID period. I'm sure it was really tough, but he didn't show anything to suggest it. it he had any sort of potential to eventually be a good Celtic goalkeeper it was just he needed taking out the goals um, for Celtic and for himself you went to a club during Covid different thing but you know same country you went to Edinburgh that's a culture change as well Stephen did you find it difficult during Covid? No I I loved it I was thankful to be able to work during the period and get out and and do what we did It it was difficult in terms of your usual interaction at football clubs we were all in different dressing rooms but we had a successful season, obviously a few disappointments at Hamden, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. But just going back to, I mean, the, the way my, my career at Sheffield United finished, probably the biggest club I played with, you're desperate for more chances. 
and then you get a chance and you don't really do that well because it's such a big club you don't get five and six chances you get one and two and then you're quickly moved on and that's just football um, and Barkas would be best just leaving the Celtic it didn't really happen for you see if you can get back to a Champions League level at a Champions League club good luck to you well, can, we not both, Celtic. can we both just say as well and we're both delighted yeah, that sure. he's doing really well now and he's found his home and I just think maybe it's a tongue-in-cheek comment that's come out the wrong way yeah, maybe sure yeah John Hartson, and Stephen McGinn, players of the year in their own way in different countries, in different clubs. Young Football of the Year at the Football Writers, which comes up what, a week on Sunday. Um, St. Johnson's loanee from Celtic, Adam Montgomery. Max Johnson at Motherwell. Midfielder line, uh, Lyle Cameron of Dundee. And Charlie Riley from Albion Rovers, who did so well in the PFA Young Awards, didn't he? So I wonder who it's going to be. I wouldn't know, John, but just looking at them there for Adam Montgomery, that would be a big boost, wouldn't it? You know, still a young player on loan at St. Johnson from yeah, Celtic. I, I watched him. I watched him come through a couple of years ago. He had, he had some opportunity. I thought he was a good player, but he needed to go out and maybe... I think he was in a position where he wasn't going to nail down uh, that left-back spot um, his own. He wasn't really going to make it his own. He needed to go and get games. And I don't mean reserve games, under-21, under-23 games. He needed to go and play in an environment where there was a crowd. It could was he come meaningful. back, sorry? Do you think, could you see him? I think through? he can. I, th- yeah. I think Ange will be getting reports on him every week. I think the recruitment and the scouts will be looking at him. Yeah. They will be judging him. They'll be doing game match reports on him. This is what Celtic do with all their players. Remember Callum McGregor? He went on loan, didn't That's he? That's right. Well, players yeah. have gone on loan. There sure. does them the world ago. That West Ham, Harry Redknapp, he was, he, he was an advocate. He sent Jermaine Defoe to Bournemouth. He, yeah. he sent he said Frank Lampard to Swansea. Oh. Rio Ferdinand went out. <laughs> all, all 16, wow. 17 years of age. <laughs> But playing in an environment where you're playing in front of crowds and yeah. meaningful games, three points at stake, things like this, does the, it brings the players on a world of good. Max Johnson at Motherwell, what does uh, Paul say about him? Yeah, excellent. Um, he, he's been very good for Motherwell. He's kept out Stephen O'Donnell, obviously. 25-odd cats for Scotland. Sure. Um, really impressed with him. He's got stronger as the season's gone on. Good size, very athletic, and he's chipped in a few goals. So the, the, the young player of the year is quite a hard one because... See when you're doing the, the the players' votes, you vote for the player of the year in your own league. Yeah. But the young player is just across the board. Right. You just you're flicking through all these names and there's I don't get to see millions of Adam Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I get to see Max Johnson obviously but the Motherwell connection, but I'm delighted to hear that he's had such a good season at uh, Montgomery. Lyle Cameron of Dundee, have you seen him? As I said on in the Friday nights when Dundee have been on yeah. the T V mm-hmm. played against him in the in the cup, um chipped him a lot of goals, he's got all the awards at Dundee, so delighted that another young Dundonian gets to play for Dundee and Charlie Riley Albion Rovers what a season numbers are brilliant but as I said not for the club but for him not came across I'm yeah. not playing against not sure. seeing a lot but amazing to get onto the, the main the main list with the two Celtic and the Rangers guy it's just a shame that they can't all get rewarded isn't it yeah. young players sure. yeah. you know it'll give them a huge confidence whoever does win it um, but there you go that's just the way it works there has to be a, there has to be a winner there has to be losers do you enjoy it? those nights John when you go there with the Dickie Bull on player of the year yeah, John Harson. I, I, I was lucky Paul I yeah. won the football writers and I won the players player of the year a bit more year. than luck well <laughs> I, I just think if you, you need yeah. the players to recognise and uh, that's that's the big one to win you know, playing against your your peers and it's voted by you know you're going up against them you're battling away and then to get that vote um, meant, meant a lot at the time 2005 or six, I think it was 
that was the one that meant the most to me because uh, it, it's 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 the guys that you're tackling, the guys that you go in, you know, head to head with, mm-hmm. and things like this. And you're winning, you're losing, you're scrapping away, and for them to give you the recognition to be the best player that particular season, I shared it with with God rest yeah. his soul, Fernando, Fernando Rickson. Yeah. And um, it was a great night. Obviously, yeah. Fernando was well at the time. His family oh, yeah. was with him. Yeah. My dad was up, my family. It was a wonderful evening. And even to share it was great, do you know, because Fernando was a good player. He was indeed. Have you still got the trophies? Yeah, still got the them. cabinet. Must be some cabinet. Like the decanters. Yeah. The <laughs> lovely oh, decanters. Right, yeah. And I've got a little cabinet in my lounge at home. And all the decanters and all the Welsh player of the years and young players and other trophies and things that are all in this big um, this big glass cabinet I've got. Steve. And there'll be room for much more. <laughs> <laughs> Stick in Christmas time with me. Dispense a few of them for us for his colleagues here at the Go Radio Football Show. We're back with John Hartson, Stephen McGinn next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show, 28 minutes past six tomorrow night. Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant tonight. We're in the company of Stephen McGinn and John Harson. A lot of calls coming in. Some Rangers fans been on talking about next season and the rebuild and where they have to rebuild. What about the striker? That's why they get the big money, Stephen. The strikers you're sitting across from uh, one of the legendary ones at Celtic could have been at Rangers. It's going to be vital to get probably two new strikers. Morel is going, going, gone. But they need one big marquee signing. Yeah, I mean, Antonio Cholak probably on the face of it has come in and had a, a decent debut season. We've obviously not seen a lot of him, but he doesn't seem to be Michael Beale's cup of tea. Um, I know he's a big fan of Kamar Roof, but with the greatest respect he, he can't be relied on so yeah they'd be looking at obviously a main striker and maybe someone to come in and, and back him up I, I quite like Sakala I mean you don't yeah. you, you don't really know what you're going to get off him but he scored a lot of big goals for Rangers this year and he, and he leaves everything out there that's something you can never accuse him of he leaves everything out there Johnny took his call really well apparently there's a great picture of Rangers fans there with almost you know waiting to see oh what's going to happen mm. when he broke through yeah how did you feel about that goal the way he I took think, it I think he, he, he was he looked confident he you know he took it round Joe Hart and he left himself a bit of an angler but he made sure that the angle was good and he, he he swept it away with his with his left foot just inside the post really really good finish and 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 that that you know, that killed the game off didn't it 3-0 the, the, the game was over from there then Celtic got two you're thinking maybe if you get one back you know Rangers might get a bit nervy but that was never really going to happen um, and then I, I like Sakala I've, I've got to say I think he, he gives Celtic a few problems he's he's very direct he, he, he quite likes to run in behind and he's quick he goes at players he, you know he can, he can smash it across the face of the goal he can make a goal he can score a goal obviously that he's shown so um, and I, I think generally out, out of the Rangers forwards in the last four or five games against Celtic he's been the one that, that has probably caused Celtic more problems than any other player I think that's true mm. Stephen looking to this summer for Rangers Barry said about a week ago 10 new players so can't well very much a thumbs up isn't it plus yep. at Raskin yes Gilmaz now yes yeah the, I mean there's, there's positions the, the whole outlook of Rangers does look different it's important mm-hmm. they don't get too carried away after after Saturday's result I think when when the game the next Celtic game I think it might be the start of September something yep. like that when it comes around I don't expect um, some of the Rangers players to play as with the Celtic players I think there'll be a lot of changes to both sides mm-hmm. 
But there is a few players giving him food for thought. Um, as John just said, I think Alfredo Morelos on the face of it has been a really good Rangers signing, top European goal scorer. Um, but in the, in the Celtic fixture, I think Sakala's been a bigger threat than him. So he'll he'll definitely give Michael Beale a lot to think about in terms of where do you fit him in? Because he has a bit of a... He does kind of play off the off the cuff and I think Michael Beale likes to have to control 11 players that all know the system. And then, but, but Sakala does give you that wee bit of edge, something different to get the, the opponents don't know what he's going to do next. Rangers, as we mentioned in the first hour, have moved closer to landing the Dujon Sterling after he turned down uh, a new contract from Chelsea. As we know, he's been on loan at Stoke City. Uh, and that is that a question about Tavernier? Is that another option, do you think, John? Yeah, I, I think I can't see James Tavernier going anywhere. No. Uh, you know, with his with his form and his goals and and um, <clears throat> not many better right backs. Yeah. You know, the, within Rangers is uh, they sold Patterson, young yeah. Patterson who was coming through had a few games at the time mm-hmm. um, to Everton. They got big big money for him. Um, and Everton might get more money in the future. I don't know, but that was, was it sixteen million or something like that for Patterson. I think all in between eight and ten, but there's some add-ons as well, so yeah. substantial money. So yeah, yeah but I can't see um, Tavernier moving yeah. on. So I, I just think that you know Michael Beale, he might just similar to Celtic, might just want a couple of players for several different positions where he can, you know, where he can chop and change and and, and feel that the quality doesn't differ. Do you know if they can get a good right back? I mean, some, sometimes, um, sometimes it can look as if oh, he's bringing in a right back, but that's where the captain plays. But you never know how these, especially young players, how they develop. Calvin Bassey was brought in to play left back. He ends up a twenty million, twenty-five million pound centre half for Rangers and playing centre half in a run yeah. to European. So you don't know. I mean, yeah, a lot's been spoken about about Rangers defensively in the full back positions in some of the Celtic games. Who's to say that they don't both play? Maybe he can play the right of a three at the back with Tavernier in the wing back position. So Spot on. he might have it might give him flexibility to play about these formations. Malcolm's been on the socials at Golf Football Show saying, guys, do you know what happened to Joe Aribo? We know he went to Southampton, but he hasn't kicked a ball. Ten million. Yeah. I was watching last night. Um I looked at the signings that Southampton mm-hmm. have made. Yeah. Uh because they were talking about Southampton being relegated. Saw it, yeah. I suppose it's one of them where his last game was the the um, Europa League final where he scored yeah. didn't he against, mm-hmm. against right. Frank, yeah. Frankfurt and he must have felt on top of the world yeah. and then obviously Southampton come in they probably offer him three or four times more the wages that he was on at Rangers he sees it as a chance to join a club in the Premier League uh, maybe maybe he always wanted to be in the Premier League did very well at Rangers. Your players that I liked, he was very unpredictable, wasn't he? Yeah. The ball would yeah, come yeah. into him and, mm. you know, he'd run in behind deceivingly quick. Um, but, you know, they've had several managers, uh, Hasselhutten, oh, sure. um, Probably a mistake letting Nathan him go. Jones, yeah. they've got another manager there now and none of them have, have really, really gone with him. Ali Karibo, um, I thought he would do well going down south. Um, you think of guys like Stuart Armstrong that have gone to Southampton and been good players. I, I fully expected Joe Aribo. But probably now with the, the use of hindsight, the one thing about Joe Aribo was he was so inconsistent at Rangers. Mm. As John just said, he was I thought he was outstanding the the, the false nine position in the, in the cup final. He'd some brilliant performances against Celtic. Um I think the year they won the league, he was one of their best players. Mm. But he was capable of falling out of games, drifting through games and that's okay at your Rangers. You come off, the next guy comes on, you're dominating the games. Maybe at Southampton, especially with the season they're having, 
you're needing seven, eights out of tens every week. Would you bring him back? Would be out with the maybe they wouldn't want him. Michael Beale knows him. Just he's, he's just not playing at all. I, th- I think it's a strong area of the park for Rangers, especially yeah. if they sign Tillman. Yeah, I, I don't think that's, that's a th- big if. Sorry, that's if they sign Tillman, yeah. but the there's more possessions I think needing solved. Yeah. I'm not sure if Michael Beale. Michael Beale might feel he can get the best out of him but I think Joe Rebo's time's moved on he will he will have to come down you know he will have to the, the, the fee of course certainly won't be 10 million it, it'll be well, exactly could be a good it, bit it of would have to yeah. be a third of that yeah. Malcolm just wanted to know he threw that one in no listen it, it, yeah. I, I, yeah. I would take him back in a heartbeat mm-hmm. if, if, if the opportunity was there to bring him back but how how do you get around that financially? You know, because Southampton will want to try and get some of the the fee back if if you know when when they sell him because he's out of the picture, and of course wages and Michael Beale's trying to build the team, a young team to challenge next season. He's only told about Tillman might cost five million. There's there's work to do in the transfer market. He wants to bring people in. He wants to take people out. But if he became available. Yeah. I I would bring him back. He knows the club. He he was successful at Rangers. He's still young enough to make an impact. So so why not? But a lot will depend on wages and and, sure. and fees and things like this. The d- dynamics have changed at Southampton as well because now all of a sudden they're going down to Championship. They're going yeah. to be the one of the teams dominating play, and they might see the best of Jory. Both they might see that as an opportunity to get the best out of him. Yeah, and then another manager comes in because they're in the Championship, and he really fancies Jory. and then you go, son. And you go, listen, Paul. Managers, that's how they, that's how they do it. Some managers like you, Martin O'Neill wasn't a Celtic manager. I would never become a Celtic player. Yeah. If somebody else had gone there, Martin only wanted me. He made sure he got me. Yeah. If it had been a different manager, I might never played for Celtic. These these things make or break a player's career. You know, a manager's got to be able to give you that bit of faith and that trust that he's going to go with you do you know um, or, or medicals <laughs> indeed or medicals. I know yeah, but you never medical so it's alright I read his book recently John <laughs> uh, on days like these and you get some great mentions quite rightly Marta- have you read it yet no yeah. I got a bad one I think you said once right. you said John get warmed up you said you're coming off <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious James yeah. <laughs> get up Hartson you're coming yeah, off he does he gives you such he says it every time he comes down he plays in my golf day he does, and yeah. uh, he goes on the mic and I reviewed it a hundred <laughs> times but it's he's still, still quite funny even I think it's yeah. funny he's brilliant he's, he's, he's brilliant on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago just mm. fascinating to listen to his stories are amazing he sure is I, I think I, I was surprised Leicester didn't go for him because it looks as though they're going down and maybe that was a mistake Stephen looking to you first of all Leicester could have had I think Martin O'Neill could have done a job to keep them up and just can you imagine the boost no harm to Dean Smith but just his reputation in Leicester people will love him could have been a good move yeah well the proof will be in the pudding obviously um, John John knowing Dean Smith we, we met him a couple of times John Terry um, we, we know the staff from, from Aston Villa so desperate for them to stay up um, I, was, I was hoping they'd dig out a result last night but yeah I mean Martin O'Neill with the success he had at Leicester he would obviously have that big advantage with the crowd and the people of Leicester getting right behind them from the start I liked what um, Jamie Carragher said uh, Martin O'Neill won the it might have been something like the, the milk cup or the autoglass cup that's right he won the, the with league Wickham. cup oh with Wickham with sorry. Wickham yeah. he won sorry. the league yeah. cup twice with Leicester he took Villa to two six-place finishes back-to-back, yeah. mm-hmm. an FA Cup final, and look at his success at Celtic. And then um, with Ireland, took Ireland to the Euros. Yeah. Um, 
and he's been so successful. And Jamie Carragher asked the question, you know, are you a little bit, not bitter, bitter's the wrong word, are you a little bit, uh, I can't find the word, mm. that you haven't been able to sort of manage one of the big, I mean the big, like Celtic's big, yeah. down in England. Sure. And he was like, the answer that he gave was, well, you know, I, I managed to do what I, how I did it. And, and Jamie was saying, like, how do you do it? How do you get results? Oh. It was a fascinating conversation. But brilliant. What is, look at the success. That of he's course, had. it always is. In reading the book, the Martin O'Neill book, um, Brian Clough, of course, the great tribute to Brian Clough and Peter mm. Taylor, they weren't very kind to him when you read it. It's, it's amazing. One minute he was winning the Champions League, the European Cup, two years running. Next thing he was kind of dropped from the team and that was it. And he was out for next to Zippo. Yeah, we Nothing. kind of made reference to that in Monday yeah. Night Football, but yeah. he'd never get a well done. Everyone no. else would get a well done, but they were always uh, quite critical of him. But I, when, one of the first things about when I joined Wickham, um, I knew he did a good job, but he's a god at Wickham. Is like he? He, is, uh, he is the Mr Wickham in terms of the one above all it's been successful there and as as John said uh, Jamie Carragher was great in reminding people what a, what a good Leicester and Aston Villa team especially had Now some news as we go into the break some Scottish referees some of the top referees are being encouraged to retire we'll discuss that after the break The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road Darnley Let's go So one of the stories today that some of Scotland's top referees are being encouraged to retire from match action early to become your favourite VAR specialist. It's understood that none of the FIFA-ranked referees have been spoken to. That's, for example, uh, Willie Collum, Nick Walsh, John Beaton, Kevin Clancy and Don Robertson. They will continue to be the men in the middle. Changing face of the game, isn't it? It's a burgeoning industry, John. More and more referees. Because we need more because of the VAR. Sometimes maybe too many cooks spoiling the broth. Well, if they want them to go and do their training and, and, and learn specifically more about... Uh, Howard Webb was on, wasn't he, as as, yeah, a, England, as a guest? Yeah. And he, not everybody would agree, of course, but he is somebody that I've studied it. He's, he's somebody that has been put in charge of how it works and how they come to the conclusions of certain decisions. Mm-hmm. And he's at the very, very top. Yeah. And if, if, if he's saying that, rather than throw yourself in uh, and, and obviously get things wrong on a consistent basis... Go and do the training. Go and learn exactly how it works, um, and and that 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 might be you know something that UEFA may look at. Um, you know the senior ones will will probably continue um, to go as things are, but I don't think it's a bad thing that the younger referees, the the ones who who see a future in refereeing, go and and really study um, the VAR whole process mm-hmm. to make you a better referee to get your to get your um, all your training in so you, you you're absolutely yeah. ready when you go in on the big stage I hope it's the future I hope we can hear how they can yeah. come to these decisions um, I think it'll help with the delay in time so that people standing about going what's going on how how soon are we going to find out um, I, I told you before the semi-final um, head of, one of the heads of refereeing comes in and you get to watch the decisions back and, and the conversations between the, the VAR room and the, the officials and it definitely helps. I think do it in other sports like rugby where you can yeah, hear yep. we can hear how they've made the decision and I just think it's it's that's the future of VAR. I think, it, I think it'll make it better and it'll help the, the public understand mm. decisions better. And you've now played under VAR in the Cup semi-final. How was it? Strange, as I said, that, that delay 
Um, I can hear the referee. I can hear um, the ref speaking to VAR. Yeah. And it didn't sound good. Obviously, he's thinking. What did he say? McGinn's brilliant. Oh, no. so so it's a penalty. Yep, it's oh, a penalty. Dear. So right away, I know. But you can hear it. My family and friends are saying yeah. it took ages to get the decision. I'm saying, we saying right away they're telling him it's a penalty. So maybe if the stadium can hear mm-hmm. that, they're thinking, well, I'm okay with the delay in terms of just making sure it's not offside, it's definitely a pe- etc. So I think it is the future. What did you say to the ref? Who was your ref? Nick Walsh. Nick, of course, yeah, one of the top ones. Did you say anything to him then as the captain? Because most people said, come on, it's not a penalty. Once, once the play has kind of yeah. started and you're going, Nick... I mean, if that becomes a penalty in mm. terms of just that, that's yeah, a lot of penalties are going to be needed to give. football's going to change mm. in terms yeah. of if it strikes a hand, and and he kind of he probably agreed that it was harsh, but um, so why give it? He went over to the monitor and uh, the VAR room decided it's a penalty, and I mean, I mean, if you argue if if ball to hand becomes a penalty in terms of subjective, mm. then we're going to see a lot more penalties. But you can't argue it's not a penalty, but. Just the way he strikes the ball, it's not going towards goal, it's a hopeful cross. I thought it was harsh, but there you go. What about the ref at the weekend, Steve McLean? Everyone's saying he did well, and I think he did, John. Only two bookings, yeah. did you feel? I mean, I know there was a kind of Goldson, the ball did strike his arm mm, or whatever, yeah. but he was on the on the deck. Any thoughts on the referee? Not really. I, I don't think there was many contentious no. decisions that he, he, had, he had big calls for. The kind of goal someone this that we've been over. Yeah, sure. Uh, sometimes you can miss them. Was it apparently, possibly, maybe, you know, he decided it wasn't on the day, so there you go. But no, listen, if I start criticising the referee, you know, it, it sounds like, uh, yep. absolutely, sure. it sounds like I'm making excuses. <laughs> but I've, I've said today more than once that uh, the yeah. game... The game was a great day for Rangers and Celtic weren't at the levels, yeah. as the manager has said several times. Callum McGregor, the Celtic captain, mm. who's been so influential this season, have also said the same. Celtic never showed up, Rangers did, and, and Rangers won on the day. And credit to them, you know, they'll take things away from that victory. Um, but the one thing, you know, as I said, I'm not going to sound it as sour grapes, you know. Um, but the referee, I don't think he was involved no, he, that much. He did well. Stephen? Yeah, I do think um, I think the referees are comfortable when the game's as dominant as it was with one team because um, there's there's not much you can you can say the best team won on the day and you can go through. I mean, when they're tight, when they're really fiery, when they're close games, you can through it with forensic to to see what they got right, what they got wrong. But when when, it, when one team's so dominant on the day, then I think it's job done for the official. Although, as you know, the possession stats sixty eight percent Celtic. It, it's that's why they got the big money the strikers isn't it well this is what I'm talking about the fine moments in the game like 68% possession Celtic at Ibrox but it's what you do with the possession the biggest stat Mm -hmm. of them all is the goals Mm -hmm. how many goals you score we got one we got two we won that stat you know passing Celtic passing brilliantly is part of their structure it's part Mm -hmm. of their philosophy they pass the ball well when when it boiled down to it Rangers scored three goals. I don't. I don't think anyone uh, doubted. I think uh, we all knew going there, Celtic would have more possession. I think it's happened, and um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. The last five or six, Celtic have had a lot more possession. But Callum McGregor mentioned that Rangers scored at good times. Um, yeah. They they use the crowd. They use a good start to to go one nil up. I think in the, the game Celtic won there last year at Ibrox when Rangers scored early, the the old chance. Um, they missed but last year Celtic made it one each and got into half time it's 2-1 to Celtic they missed their chances and then Rangers get a, a goal from a set piece and 
it's going to be a bit of a problem moving forward for Celtic I think they're going to have to have a look at the set pieces because Rangers are a real threat against them at set pieces Jeremy's been on from the south side asking you John and Stephen what do you make of Owen Coyle leaving Queen's Park uh, Owen left yesterday with a heavy heart was his quote after um, they failed to get promotion he got promotion for them with the team uh, this time last year coming up to the championship it's been a remarkable fairy tale brilliant manager John but, uh, but he's gone yeah, well, he, he, I, I don't know. I, I know Owen. I've been mm. in his company a few times and uh, he, he might be feeling uh, very disappointed the fact that he couldn't uh, take um, Queen's Park up again mm. for the second year running. Um, and he might just feel as if he needs a break or uh, he, he expected more of himself and his team and he just decided, look, give it down, down to somebody else. Now, I... I'm done with Queen's Park. I want somebody else to come in and have a go at it. Um, but all I can say is he'd have given everything, you know, f for the push and to get promotion. Um, he's been a great manager over the years. He's had several clubs, generally did well at Burnley. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I think he took Burnley back into the Premier League, having been relegated. Um, did very well at... at he did okay at Ross County, didn't he, with Roy McGregor? Yeah, that was later. Yeah, yeah later on. And he's, he's had yeah, loads and loads. Sure. Mm. He's got vast experience, and Owen Coyle. And then at the Reebok, they loved him, didn't yeah, they? And you know yeah. what you get when you get mm. Owen Coyle. You get yeah. the hard work. You get he's a decent striker as well, John. He was. Yeah. He was very good for Bolton. Him and John McGinley at yeah. Bolton were brilliant. Yeah, did you play against them? Did, yeah. When you were a youngster? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Remember John McGinley, Owen mm -hmm. Coyle, Alan Thompson... Jason McAtee, Alan Stubbs, that team. Some player, yeah. some, isn't it amazing, the, old, isn't it? the old Burnham yeah. Park. Yep, of course. Yeah, before they moved to the Reebok, I yep. played for Luton there. Mm -hmm. Stephen? Yeah, I was shocked, to be honest. Um, obviously, the, the, the rumours started to come surrounding yeah. Gary Boyer, how he might go. But Ron Coyle, obviously, has taken them from, from League One last year. They won the playoffs. They're so close to, to doing something really special this year. I know they, they just missed out. I think they're losing Simon Murray in January, but... When you think that's a club moving in the right direction, they're moving into lesser handing um, next season. So there's a lot to look forward to that club. So yeah, I was I was surprised at that. I've got to say. And what about Dundee? Any word today? Any? No, no, no. Um, no Calum uh, Davidson not been announced yet. We, no. I mean, we don't know, but I mean, it looks like it yeah. might be Calum Davidson. Um, obviously, Gordon Strachan is playing a, a big role, and 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 Dundee will not want to be that yo-yo club. They want to now go up and that's the last time they're in the championship for a long time they want to establish themselves as a Premier League club and 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 start to challenge up the leagues instead of worrying about being the yo-yo club so Callum Davison might leave well he's, already, he's, gone, he's gone of course from St Johnson and they reckon John that he could he's be, gone yeah he left about a month ago so yeah that. they reckon I think you were in Dubai at the time oh, but right, yeah okay. he's gone so we'll find out managerial merry-go-round it has been the year of managers changing Back to the Premiership, what do you think? I mean, we started the season with Jim Goodwin at Aberdeen. Uh, he goes, and what was that, January? Yeah, um, when he famously left at the Easter Road. He's now at Dundee United. What about Aberdeen? What's your take on it, Stephen? Yeah, amazing. What the, when, you, when it looks, I mean, going into the weekend as well, it looked like they'd kind of got third wrapped up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. another weekend's passed, another match day's passed where they, they don't lose any ground. Um, five points clear with three to play on hearts. And just when you think of... From, from that night at Darvo, from losing, was it five, they lost at Tynecastle to, to Hearts. To think that Barry Robson, who'd never been a manager yeah, before, comes yeah. in and what an amazing job he's, he's done. And I'm delighted that they've given him, they've not waited to see if he can get third. They've just said, you know what? You've come in and made a real difference. This club was at a low ebb. You've come in and you've you've won games. You've carried yourself well. And 
you're bringing the best out in the players and to, to finish third in, in what might be guaranteed group stage football in Europe is uh, what a turnaround for Aberdeen and good to see a Scott a local boy as well being recognised he was a terrific player uh, John you know him well of he course was. Barry yeah, Robson yeah. Yeah. he's got a real player, determination yeah. hasn't he very measured yeah. left footed only yeah, Barry right. yeah, yeah, Gordon yeah. Strachan yeah. took him to Middlesbrough a lot of Celtic fans didn't like the fact that he left fine career at, yeah. at Celtic I think he was a, he was a fan for, he, was a, he was wholehearted he gave everything he was like a Petrov he was like a Maybe he didn't have the guile or the or the, or the, or the talent that Petrov had because Petrov was special. Sure. But Barry gave everything and he was a typical Golden Strachan player, you know, wanted maximum out of every performance out of you. And Jim Goodwin, can he keep Dundee United up? They have three wins in a row, John, as you know, they've now lost two. It's going to be very tough. Well, it's three games to go. Yeah. So there's nine yeah. points and I think it's between the bottom three, Kilmarnock, Ross County, Dundee United. There's three points that separate them and uh, maybe St Johnson as well John. yeah possibly yeah. rule them out yeah. they're on 36 mm. I think probably they probably need a draw um, 37 out of the last three so 37 points if they get a draw um, so Kilmarnock brilliant win at the yep. weekend um, Dundee United are the losers Dundee United because uh, losing to Ross County sort of that was a real six pointer wasn't it sure was um, so it's but, one of those three Paul I make it back to the big two and I see Brian Loudrup one of the all time Rangers greats says that Connor Goldson is like a new signing for Rangers back after injury uh, how much I mean, he's like vice, well he is vice captain at Rangers isn't he he did well at the weekend yeah I mean he's been he's been a leader for Rangers I think when you look at that Rangers team Tavernier's not um, not someone that's a, an organiser such as, as Connor Goldson um, I think he's huge for Rangers I think they miss him when he doesn't play I think you see the defensive mistakes they made at Celtic Park when he wasn't available So, and and I think that's what he gives Rangers as well Like when, when they signed him last summer you know what you're getting from him he's he's missed chunks of this season but that's probably the first time in his Rangers career he has he's usually always available and he's out there all the time and, and, I, and I see him as Rangers leader yeah, he's got everything about him as he goes and attacks the ball. Um, he's quick. He can cope with anything that runs him behind. He can, he can keep up to pace with people. He's a threat from in both boxes. He can defend it. He can go and score a goal as well down the opposite side of the pitch. And he's huge for Rangers. You know, he's their leader. He's the one that they've given a good contract to when his contract ran out last season. And and obviously they they he decided to stay and sign a new deal um, and as Stephen said he, he's massive for Rangers going forward Can I ask you before we go who's going to win tonight Inter Milan 2 up against AC Milan are they going into the final do you I think? thought AC Milan were really poor in the first game Inter Milan so do you know what Paul yep. I'm going to say whoever scores the first goal will go through OK and Stephen what do you think on that one as John said, AC Milan, the one the one crumb of comfort they'll have is that it is only 2-0. I mean, that could have got heavy last week. I couldn't believe how poor they were. So, yeah, they're going to need to score first. And what about your big pal? Grealish tomorrow night, Man City, Real Madrid. Are they on the way to the final? I hope so, yeah. I hope, I hope they can do it. It's, it's a good result from the Bernabeu. I never rule out Real Madrid, but I think City have just got the edge on them. Paul, apparently yeah. AC Milan are home tonight. Yeah, oh, that huge advantage. There's yeah. loads of people jumped off the cities <laughs> there. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. They're not actually. But they're, <laughs> a Man City sure. destroyed Real Madrid on their own patch in terms of mm. playing, though they couldn't get near them. Vinicius Junior, brilliant goal. De Bruyne, 
But I just don't think uh, Real Madrid will get the ball at no. Main Road. Uh, Big Pep's going to do it, get really to the final. Really fancy City to get to the final. So probably City against Inter. John, thanks so much. Cheers, Paul. See you next Pleasure, week, mate. Stephen. Thank likewise, you. tomorrow night it's going to be Barry and Peter Grant. Enjoy the rest of the evening because Zoe Kelly is coming up next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.